Good evening. I'm squeaking to you tonight, once again, as the chairman for the Loyal Society for the Prevention of Pismonunciation. <laughs> society formed to help people who can't say their worms correctly. I myself often use the wrong worms, and that is why I was erected charming of the society. <laughs> Firstly, let me try and put you in the puncture regarding our mumblers. Now, Peach and every plum of them have difficulty in conversing with the people they meet in everyday loaf. <laughs> They're murkweights at the fig tree or the orifice, or even in their own holes, min and woof, sather and fun, brother and thistle. <laughs> Yeah, that's the uh, the unmistakable voice of Ronnie Barker there. One half of the two Ronnies, which I'm delighted to say is John Fardy's rather excellent choice for the Cultural Toolbox this week. John, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. I was erected char man. I, I, I love it. I really do. I mean, that ca- it's, probably, it's not by any means, I suppose, the most famous clip no. from the two Ronnies, but it sort of captures the essence of what the two Ronnies was about. Yeah, apart from the fact that only one of them is there, being uh, that for our younger listeners, we should say the two Ronnies are Ronnie Barker, who people will know as a great comic actor from things like Porridge and Open All Hours and all that, and Ronnie Corbett, who people will know as this very small, short, funny man. They met... Uh, on the Frost Report and legend has well it's true there's nothing legendary about it that they were doing there was there was some night an awards night and there was a technical hitch and the two of them came on they'd known each other on the Frost Report and they did 10 and, minutes and unlike say David Brent they, they could actually improvise just like that and the guy sitting in the audience, the head of Light Entertainment or something, said, we need to give these guys a show. And by God, they did. From Between 1971 until yeah. 1987. It, it ran for years. It ran and it ran. And, and, and then they just stopped. Ronnie Barker said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. They went out to dinner. Never told it. Now, they rebranded it where they'd introduce the sketches and stuff, but they never did anymore to Ronnie's shows like that. You know? um, how would you I didn't just... really answer your question there. I'm sorry. Well, no, us... we, we, we get back to it. I suppose, how would you describe the type of show was because comedy was very much at the time I mean you had uh, Morkham and Wise yeah. that were much more mainstream and they yeah. were they the first kind of I don't know they certainly weren't the first edgy comedians but in terms of a of a mainstream TV show were yeah. they the first edgy com- comedic show well you had Spike Milligan and stuff like that who was doing not, not, on, not on a Saturday night at, no, at that, 9 o'clock no, or whatever it was absolutely not and the same stuff with Monty Python and stuff so no but in terms of their prime time slot absolutely now I mean it wasn't as you say it wasn't edgy to the point of, you know, something like, I don't know, the fast show. Ah, yeah, but hang on. Like this, we're talking about the 70s. Absolutely. I mean, it might sound a little bit innocent now, but it, it was cutting edge at Absolutely. The time. And there were very kind of surreal elements to it as well. They had series running through each one. Like there was one of the worm that turned and, and the, the phantom raspberry, raspberry blower of old London yeah. town, the one that sticks in my mind. Of, yeah, Monty Python esque and stuff like that. And it's funny, the more. Mo- Written mo- by Spike Milligan. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And I mean, uh, John Cleese wrote for these guys. Uh, Michael Palin wrote, yeah. Graham Chapman, Terry. Jones. The Morecambe and Wise comparison is a good one because with Morecambe and Wise you had a real honest to goodness British comedy. Showbiz kind of comedy. Yeah and one was completely the foil to the other. But with the two Ronnies there was a different type of relationship. They were both funny but Barker was a comedic actor. Now I'm not getting all anal about this but the importance or, or, or that distinction is very important. So he could act comically brilliantly whereas Ronnie Corbett was 
better at reactions and was probably a funnier guy. And, and Corbett even, Not a funnier writer. I mean, Corbett was the comedic genius, though. I mean, Oh, absolutely, the man behind it all. But yeah. I mean, in terms of his presence, Corbett was probably... He played the stooge better. The joke was often about him. And he, he lived up to that role very well. And Corbett said he had a much more effusive personality. And he kind of... Corbett was a bit of a... Not tortured comic genius, but he was, he was demanding on set, wanted to write everything and stuff like that. But it was one of those Lennon and McCartney things, their personality clicked brilliantly for the mm. comedy that they wrote and did together. Uh, we, we, got a, we got a sense for that at the start there. Yeah. I mean, one of the running themes throughout the two Ronnies was wordplay. Oh, and yeah. I mean, when you say the two Ronnies people, there yeah. is one scene in particular that does stand out. Okay, this is, well, I, I, you're thinking the four candles, four right? Four candles, yeah. yeah. This is where Ronnie uh, Barker goes in to Ronnie Corbett's shop asking for... Uh, which, which is, it, is he, he's looking to buy handles for a fork, like a Well, let's, let's find out. Yeah. Four candles. Four candles. There you are. Four candles. No, four candles. Well, there you are. Four candles. No, four candles. Candles <laughs> for forks. <laughs> Uh, and it goes on and yeah, on. Yeah, he's looking and for plugs. It's the plugs. genius, it's it's the genius of Ronnie plugs. Barker. Yeah. Um, that's the genius of Ronnie Barker. You, you mentioned like the the comedic ability of Ronnie Corbett, mm. and there was a there, he had his own little spotlight yeah. as well. Every the, show the where he would, he would sit on this, on yeah. The, yeah. And it was almost pointedly that they were saying, "Let's give the little guy, for want of a better phrase, his turn," because Barker was such a, a comedy heavyweight. And what it was was, and they were actually very funny. They were kind of monologues. He tell ostensibly he tell a joke, but they kind of meandered. Yeah, all the joke over itself the was almost secondary. Yeah, it was to all the mini jokes and, and meanderings. <laughs> yeah, and the meanderings were great. Like he's lying in bed with his wife one night, and she said, "Would you like to hear the pattern?" tiny little feet well, why don't you run downstairs and get me some water shorty and it was brilliant like but some of the jokes weren't actually that bad here's one actually a famous one the the lesser known parrot sketch if you will anyway she said I'm going down to the shops and if anyone calls you must remember to shout out who is it who is it thus giving the impression that the place is occupied so that it will not be turned over by the local nerd who wells in my absence <laughs> now now be a good parrot if you're a good parrot I'll get you some nice polyfiller <laughs> So off she goes, silly old fool, and who should knock at the door? <laughs> who should knock at the door but the insurance man? And the parrot says, who is it? And he shouts through the letterbox, it's the insurance man. And the parrot says, who is it? He says, it's the insurance man. And they go on like this for a time until frustration and excitement, coupled with a long walk up the stairs, which I forgot to mention, is, <laughs> is too much for the poor insurance man. And he collapses on the ground. And he's still there when the old lady comes back, you know. And she looks down at him lying there and she says, Who is it? And the parrot from inside shouts, It's the insurance man! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe it's a bit Christmas crackery, but I, I do love still, it. It's the way know? you tell him, I yeah, suppose, I guess it? or the it way is, he I told it. Is, yeah. um, the show all always finished as well. One of the other standards was was the, the, the two of them reading the news. But yeah. of course, it wasn't the news, basically. Yeah, and, and it was these bizarre stories and there was all that war. A large hole in, in Blackburn, Lancashire, the police are looking into it. That yeah, kind of exactly. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. I'll have to watch some more when I get out of here. Exactly. And I thought they were great. And it's funny, though, you know, they suffered particularly that type of stuff, the wordplay and telling those kind of silly stories about holes in Lancashire and the double entendres. They were, by the new range of comedians in the 80s and 90s, they were seen as, they were dismissed as, Comedy dinosaurs yeah. in the seventies, outrageously by people who were far less funny. I Absolutely. mean, there was a, there was a sketch I think a, a not, famous one on not the not the no, 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 some of those guys were very funny. And some of them actually that. wrote for uh, the two Ronnies, I think. Yeah. but I know uh, Ronnie Barker was was took great. Yeah, because basically. they basically and we can't even play it because it's far too rude. But they were trying to highlight how how double entendre and smutty that their comedy was, and they made this appalling kind of pastiche of it. But it was not appalling. It was kind of funny. But the, they were never that dirty or rude it was bawdy at times it yeah. was a little sexist at times and we're not defending that or anything but certainly lumping it in with the Bernard Mannings and the Les Doss and my mother-in-law's yeah. it wasn't like that because it was far cleverer than yeah, this as I think then, as I think you have a clip that will show how clever I mean this is my favourite one I was howling outside earlier watching this this is their, their their take on Mastermind have a listen to this good evening your name please uh, good evening First week, your chosen subject was answering questions before they were asked. This time, you have chosen to answer the question before last each time. Is that correct? Charlie Smithers. <laughs> and your time starts now. What is paleontology? Yes, absolutely correct. <laughs> What's the name of the directory that lists members of the peerage? A study of old fossils. <laughs> Who are Len Murray and Sir Geoffrey Howe? Burks. <laughs> Correct. What is the difference between a donkey and an ass? Uh, one's a trade union leader, the other's a member of the cabinet. <laughs> Complete the quotation, to be or not to be? They're both the same. Correct. <laughs> what is Bernard Manning famous for? That is the question. <laughs> Who is the present Archbishop of Canterbury? He is a fat man who tells blue jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's clever. That is, it's beyond clever. Yeah. That's yeah, ge- that is, you're sorry, laughing. That, that's All genius. these times I've tried to, you know, Seinfeld, curb your enthusiasm and stuff, and you've given me call. All I had to do is bring in the two Ronnies yeah, it's, to get it's, you really cracking it's genius. up. Well, see, like, I also I do have a sort of sentimental attraction to because I'm old enough to remember watching it on the yeah, Saturday sure. evening. sure. I kind of am as My well. My dad yeah. would have been a, a huge fan of it. Yeah. Look, it's... It's absolutely worthy of a place. Yeah, in the I think so. Toolbox. And I would urge people, as I was saying earlier, that it isn't the 1970s and early 80s comedy that you might think it is. It's it's like what you've heard today, like with the mass movies. It was very. And the wheel very has clever. come full circle. I yeah, mean, the, oh, the, because comedians now yeah, are, are queuing up to be yeah. seen alongside uh, Ronnie Parker. Sadly, no, no longer yeah. with us, but Ronnie Corbett, oh, very yeah, much so. Absolutely, they, they, Ronnie Corbett's like a comedy royalty in the UK now. He really is. People adore him, and Peter Kay has and done the hilarious reason, things the, with him as well. I think the reason why people adore him is unlike many of the comedians now who are largely full of their own importance. Yeah. Ronnie Corbett doesn't take himself remotely seriously. Not remotely. He's he's having the last laugh. I, I adore him. He's one of those people you'd love to go to dinner with. Not only is he funny, but as you say, he really doesn't take it seriously at all, you know? Okay, John Farley, uh, for once we absolutely we, we absolutely uh, agree. Thanks for coming in to us. No okay, problem. that's our lot uh, for today. Just time for me to thank Aidan McKelvey, who researched Stephen Jordan, who produced Off the Ball, is up next. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.